22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. After speaking to my best friend on the train, he makes me feel my girlfriend doing the intro is creepy. No, that's not creepy. <laughs> well, it, we were well, talking. creepy if she just kind of does that randomly on the street. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start talking about everything, let's welcome everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 20. I am one of your hosts, The Cap, here with MFG, even though he hates, us, hates me saying it, Mike, the finance guy. Kiss my shiny metal ass. <laughs> You're not wearing your Doom costume today. It's not cosplay day. <laughs> and of course, the other co-host, Ralph the Tech, RT Square. That's right. Hey. Nothing witty? Nah, I ain't got nothing today. Wow, okay. Were you reading I, from Cap's book? Huh? Oh. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm too hopped up on that cider. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Angry Orchard. <laughs> yeah. and, and here joining the panel this week is my good friend and also the first person to give us a letter of some sustenance. Joey Bags. Joe Smash. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was saying before was um, Joey Bags and I were on the train. Joey Bags and I were on the train. And one thing that um, he told me was, don't you find it kind of creepy that, you know, your girlfriend is doing the, 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 the intro voice? I'm like, no, I have no problem at all. He goes, what about when she says Ralph the Tech? <laughs> I, she says my name really well. Right? <laughs> That's why you like it so much. Yeah. It's like Ralph the Tech. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering that he's like made that his like ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you heard my tech sound for you. Yeah, exactly. I can just only imagine Gigi calls Ralph the tech. I don't know how I feel about that right about now. <laughs> you need to have a conversation with your girlfriend. All right, now I got to change my phone. <laughs> and now, meanwhile, 22 with Mike the Finance Guy and the cap. <laughs> and, and this, uh, meanwhile, 22 pages does not exist without Ralph the tech. Well, it'll That's exist. True. It'll exist, but it'll exist like on an iPhone recording device. <laughs> That's like limbo. <laughs> It would be, it would be. But um, yeah, everybody, I mean, it, I guess there's a lot of things going on in the news, especially because with this winter vortex, everybody's staying inside and reading. The damn winter vortex. <laughs> be a whole lot of summer babies. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Um, but for those, of the, for, you, for those of you who are listening and who are not on the Northeast Coast, Mr. Atlanta, um, it has been a shit storm of snowstorms going on here in New York City. It's snowing right now as we speak. Oh, wah. It's in the Northeast. If it doesn't do this during this time of the year, that's when you worry. If it's doing it in July, that's when you worry. <laughs> I just don't like, I just don't like the, 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 how it's so infrequent. It's like 40 degrees one day, 12 the next. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of news I know going on. I mean, I guess even though it's not cold everywhere else, a lot of people have a lot of news to cover. So, let's um, go to MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, with the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Cap. All right, well, first up on the quick news, MFG will never catch on. <laughs> just, just quickly get that out there. We're talking about MFG. I saw people with t shirts on it with your face, and it said, MFG? Yeah! <laughs> I saw somebody with a tattoo. What are you talking about? <laughs> Say the news before it catches on more. <laughs> so anyhow, this news, I'm actually bringing up a couple of things that are a little bit older news because uh, last week we just did the all Batman news. Right. Um, so jumping right into it, this should be well known out there, but in April, you have arch villains Lex Luthor and Captain Cold are going to join the Justice League. Can we believe this? 
I don't even know what, what to say about that. Yeah. Luthor's going to actually be leading the team. You think Super, Superman's going to be happy about that or what? Well, Superman's not. I mean, Superman can't say nothing because in that storyline, he's not even around. Right? He's not even around. I, you think I'm reading Forever Evil at any point? Well, <laughs> <laughs> from what I understand, he, um, him and, and the rest of the Justice League are stuck in some kind, inside of um, Firestorm, I believe. Well, I mean, I know that that's it. That happened soon after they disappear. I don't know if that's where they, they haven't are. been out yet. That, that's yeah. why he's the leader of the Justice League because Firestorm consumes a lot of um, the Justice League, except for Batman and I know Catwoman and okay. some of the others. Yeah, I mean, I know that. Um, so, so wait, so wait, let me, hold on a sec. So Firestorm consumes everyone except for the people without powers. Because Batman's the Dark Knight, we've went over this. All right. He's the man. Just right. saying, just saying. That makes perfect D- sense. DC could not afford to lose that many stories. Could you imagine if suddenly like all 95 Batman titles were suddenly in Firestorm's head? <laughs> <laughs> no, imagine if he left Superman and we were stuck with Superman stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't happen. But um, I've seen you know at least proposed covers for uh, the Justice League that has Luthor on it. Like I said, Captain Cold's there. Don't know why he's there either, but he's kind of in the background. But the fact that, that Superman, Green Lantern, the Flash not on the cover might be some indication of you know whether there's going to be um, a disbandment from the league with these guys, perhaps, or just some creative difference or whatever. Or a civil war? Oh, could you imagine if they oh, did that? Sorry. Could only 90 hope. years later? <laughs> he said the C word. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be horrible. Yeah. Um, some other old news, uh, again, just from a couple of weeks ago, uh, also in April. The Flash Annual number three is going to come out, and it will feature the return slash first new 52 appearance of Wally West. Oh, I can't wait for that. I can wow. wait all day long. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you don't like Wally West. It's not that I don't like him. It's just it's I don't see the reason. And again, the only reason Wally became important is because he took over for Flash. And in that, it was unique. Um, in the Think about it. In the regular universe, we're not talking about Earth 2 and all this other universe. In the right. regular universe, our heroes are always still there. You know, I mean, their sidekicks might take other names or keep their names, but they're always the other half. But Flash, because of um, what came out of what, the um, crisis, crisis on Infinite, Infinite Earth, right. he actually will disappear as far as they're concerned because, again, no one remembered the crisis occurred, so they couldn't say what happened to him. Okay. But Wally actually took the place of him, um, mentally slowed himself down. He could only move at the speed of sound for a while. Eventually, he got over that mental block, and then he grew to be the Flash. So in that even though I still wasn't a fan of Wally being the Flash, it at least was something different, was unique. To have him back with Barry here and with Kid Flash here, what's Barry? What's Wally's purpose? I mean, he's another Flash yeah, of some he, form. But funny thing, he was the better Flash. I mean, I mean, um, well, that's an opinion. Well, I mean, yeah. well, well, in my opinion, it, I felt like he was the best Flash. They they made him more well-rounded. I mean, the, the original Flash now they've made well-rounded only because Jeff Johns is doing the writing, I believe. Is he still doing the writing? For uh, I, I don't think he's doing it anymore. But but basically, he took on that project and said, well, you know, Barry Allen doesn't have, you know, a background. Let's give him a backstory. That's the only reason he's interesting now. I mean, if you read all the older issues, you're like, okay, he's not that interesting until he died. Well, the Flash, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I enjoyed the Flash comics, but I mean, you also have to remember that backstory stuff didn't exist back then. There was no superhero with any interesting backstory of, you know, Batman's parents died. That was it. I mean, you know, you didn't get into how did he learn. And, yeah, but, you when, know. but, but when, when did Crisis happen? Crisis happened in, uh, in the 80s, right? Yeah. Like so you mean to tell me all that time that the Flash was involved, they couldn't give him a backstory? I mean, I don't want to get too deep into We're not talking about could or couldn't, but again, by 85, tell me what hero had. But but once again, Wally West at that time versus Barry He didn't Allen. have a backstory then either. He eventually got a backstory because Wally West had no backstory. He was the nephew of Iris West. Right. 
that happened to have the exact same accident that, that <laughs> Barry Allen had, and suddenly he was on the Teen Titans. I mean, that didn't was say it was original. Right. Didn't say it was no, original. Also had think, no backstory. Man. You know, Robin, those those flash accidents are more common than they're you think. extremely common. Yeah. Evidently, <laughs> except for Jay Garrick. How did Jay Garrick get his uh, um, get his powers? Wasn't he just he just started running and then he just got faster? No. Oh. <laughs> no, no. You're, you're thinking Steroids? Of, you're you're <laughs> thinking of Flojo. Or Flojo. Wow. Okay. No, his was some kind of. Ex- <laughs> wow, that was fast. <laughs> his was some kind of a hard water accident. And hard we leave it there. Water? Yeah, we, we leave it there. He drank, he drank hard water and suddenly he became super fast. Hard water kills everybody else, oddly enough. But, you know. <laughs> Maybe he's immune. Yeah. You know, but, um, so anyhow, but now the interesting part, though, about Wally West coming back is that at least, again, the cover that we're seeing for him, he's in an all-black Flash uniform. So what does that mean? We have no idea. He's RoboCop. Well, we hope he's not the black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Don't even get me started with that. Com- thank you. Thank you. Competition for Black Doom. Uh, <laughs> no one is competition for Doom. <laughs> <Yes>. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, also coming back in April, though, are going to be a couple of other faces that we haven't seen in the new 52. We're getting a return of Stephanie Brown. I know that's a spoiler that you didn't love, but you also didn't read her as Batgirl when she was written as Batgirl. Excellent writing. That was an excellent, excellent run for her. Uh, Oh, you Um, you talked about it a lot. It it was really great. Artwork was great, and the story was fantastic. Um, I think she's going to kind of show up in the Batman Eternal um, books that will come out, which still don't know what the hell they're going to be about. And then, of all people, someone else that's returning from the dead... Ted Cord will be back. The original Blue Beetle. Yes. Is well, he going to be Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle again? Yes. Well, the second Blue Beetle. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just know he's coming back. Um, I think he's scheduled to come back in Forever Evil number seven and then eventually to become part of Justice League. Or die. <laughs> <laughs> or die. I mean, you know, but, but then if that's the case, then now we know stuff that's not in continuity anymore. So if he's not dead, then that should mean that there was no checkmate takeover, which means Mac Lord, Max Lord probably never took over Superman, which means Wonder Woman has never killed Max Lord. Right. Well, everyone's redeemed. Oh, well, I mean, you know, it's hard to say what's what's in continuity. No, you're, no, you're you right, know. but but I think I mean I mean I mean one of the things I think you've mentioned it before. I keep saying I think um, why you talked about New Fifty Two being DC's. They're trying to make it their saving grace is because they get to erase all that stuff. Right. Like we talked about um, identity crisis. Like we all those things that happened no longer exist, or we don't know things. But not, I guess now they're making it. Um, they're making us know that yes, these things are not in continuity anymore. These stories do not exist. They were right. written, but... Unfortunately, though, one of the things that they got rid of when they got rid of these kind of parts of continuity, we're remembering the more recent things, but that means they've also gotten rid of all continuity. I mean, Our Man or any of the other, you know, smaller heroes that we may or may or not have liked, you know, that means that they really never played a role. Will they ever meet up? You know, all that rich history with all these heroes that knew each other throughout the world, it's lost, you know, yeah. now. And, uh, and we don't know what's there. And oddly enough, who's still missing, though? Donna Troy. Yes, still, still no word. That's right, still no word on her. So we don't know if she's coming back. Donna Troy, uh, Wonder, Wonder, Girl. Wonder Girl, the original yeah. Wonder Girl, who became Troya, Troya. That, <laughs> and then went to Star Trek: uh, Next Generation. Right? <laughs> Wait a second, you said no Trek today. Oh. <laughs> you said uh, that while the TV has Trek on it. Exactly. <laughs> um, another piece of old news before we start to get the new stuff: Michael Douglas is going to star in the upcoming Ant Man movie as Hank Pym. Leaving Paul Rudd to be Scott Lang. What's so, up? What the fuck? How can you beat your wife if you're in a wheelchair? <laughs> well, I, I think the wasp is going to be Betty White. <laughs> oh, no, no. Do you know what he beat? He beat throat cancer. 
Wow. Too soon for this? <laughs> oh, I don't think that's happening. There should be an angry one because I think that's uh, Catherine Zeta Jones is probably still pissed on that one. <laughs> wow. Well, so she's moment bi- to get that. Didn't yeah, but, but she's, she's also bipolar, so you know, depends on the mood you catch her in. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I wish all of her movies. I wish all of her movies only showed in the North or the South Pole. Oh. <laughs> I like to apologize to all of the Captain Zeta Jones fans. Yes, yes, you know who you are. <laughs> all three of you. And I like the trap. But anyway, so <laughs> so wait, so Michael Douglas is playing Hank Pym, and you said Paul Rudd is going to be playing Scott, Scott Lang. Lang, right? So, but now we don't know, of course, if that's Hank Pym just being a scientist and never having been Ant-Man, or if we're going to get some kind of excuse that there was some kind of a hero before they were heroes, or maybe they just use his shrinking, you know, Pym particles on, you know, maybe shield missions. I mean, who knows? We don't know. We just know that he's Hank Pym. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, I, I don't know how I feel. Angry. It's, it's kind of like one of the things you said before the cast. You were saying that um, you don't like watching these comic book movies being you know, shoving stars in the middle of the cast. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's no reason. I mean, I, I mean granted, yes, I mean, we don't know how it's written. Uh, and I do trust, uh, trust just, uh, excuse me, I can't talk to the man's name, Joss Whedon. Cop Capitalities. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Joss, Joss Whedon's writing. Um, I, I kind of have a lot of trust in that. But still, it's just, why then, if you needed Hank Pym to be there, then why don't you just make Ant-Man Hank Pym? Right. You know, I, so I guess we'll find out. I guess there needed to be a, a fatherly figure. Who knows? Or, or maybe they just, they just didn't want people in the audience screaming out, when are you going to smack the wasp? <laughs> Do it! Do oh, it! I'll smack her! And, and that'll be part of the reviews. I liked everything about the Avengers, but Hank Pym didn't smack his wife. That, that makes me take away a star. <laughs> But you know, there's more Ant-Man news now. Even, you know, he has the ability to shrink. So even, I guess, with that ability, he shrank the movie release date. So it's now going to open up uh, two weeks earlier, July 15th of 2015. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Don't know why. They just did. Hmm. <laughs> so now that is my stuff for my old news. Now we got some new news. Yes. Animal Man will be canceled with issue number 29 in March. I'm trying what? To, I'm trying to yeah. see where I missed it. Um, I don't miss uh, that's it. That's because you're reading all the bad crap. Probably reading Superman, Wonder Woman, Love Story. I, I can't even lie. I am picking it oh up. Oh, my God. You are? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what they're going to do before anybody else. And then, uh, then I'll be like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 30 issues later. I still want to just see what they're going to do. I don't have mic disease. I know when to cut shit off. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know what it is? The cat probably fantasizes about being Superman, being with Wonder Woman. Hello. Think about it. Who? What was my girlfriend for Halloween? She was Wonder Woman. All right. So then, uh, Caso cerrado. Case closed. No. So then what it is is that you're jealous that Superman's taking away your woman. I ain't jealous of shit. <laughs> I ain't jealous of shit. Superman is her astronaut from those uh, he's <laughs> probably, commercials. Everybody loves an astronaut. Cap is probably reading the comic. He's like, okay, what is he doing with her now? Oh, no. What are you doing with her? <laughs> oh, so you like that? Why? Because I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm fucking jealous. <laughs> I can just see. You, just, you get home and see Gigi. How could you do that with him? <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, but if you know Gigi, she'll smack me in place. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So now we have more cancellations coming up. Good. DC just can't stop getting rid of shit, which they needed to a long time ago. Absolutely. April is the big month of cancellations for DC. They're getting rid of Superman Unchained with issue number nine. Wait, 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 wait. So they make the big deal about the, about the Superman Unchained mm-hmm. by Jim Lee only yep. to cancel it nine issues later? It did that well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're getting rid of Gasp. Nightwing. How do you feel about that? 
RT squared. Oh, no, no, no. no. That's, that's, we're going to march. We're going to march on freaking DC, and we're going to bring them back. Who's with me? No one. No. <laughs> um, I mean, if you really think about it, though, I mean, Grant, I, I don't know what they're doing with it, but if they stick with the Forever Evil, if it's not some kind of like, you know, alternate universe, alternate universe, I mean, he's been outed. So right. they're probably going to have to, you know, redo him as somebody else or something like that. I'm imagining in my, my head without reading any of this stuff is that they might, quote unquote, kill Dick Grayson, meaning he'll go underground. Oh. And that's, a, that's just in my mind. And then have him come up as another hero with another name and, you know. Yeah, for those who don't know who are not reading Forever Evil in the beginning of Forever Evil. And good for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're better than us. You're better people than us. Um, Dick Grayson was outed by, the, um, by all of the supervillains that took over the Earth. Right. Are they the Injustice League or is the that... Injustice League, but with the other hero, with the other villains watching? Right. On well, the, the whole world watching. The whole, yeah, with the whole world watching. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, everybody knows Dick Grayson is Robin. Yes. They 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 unmasked him and said who he was, and you're like, how does that mean that people haven't put together that Batman's Bruce Wayne? I mean, that's just logical. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that was an old Teen Titan one um, when he, because they knew he would Dick, he was Dick Grayson, and then finally, I mean, we're talking years of Teen Titan. He finally admitted that, you know, Batman's Bruce Wayne. I forget how it came up because that was the whole point is that he agreed he would never give away Batman's secret to anyone. And everybody was like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, come on. Yeah, but it, you know what? You part- were his ward and you were being Robin as a 12 year old. Wouldn't he have wondered where his kid was going yeah. at night right. if he wasn't Batman? I mean, there's there's not any logic that's going to work on that one. You yeah, know? But, 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 you know, he probably admitted that while in bed with Starfire. And Starfire was like, what? Because she's like an alien blonde. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, she got it. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> so what else is getting canceled here? Suicide Squad? Um, didn't read it. Didn't nah, read it. I never read. got. I read the first one. Didn't grab me. Nope. Teen Titans. Speaking of which, are going to be canceled. Well, I well, I was reading something about the writer of Teen Titans, yeah. and he was talking about how a lot of people were in an uproar about how the new Teen Titans were written. He goes, "I'm not going to apologize for what I wrote." You should. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, you should apologize a lot, especially during the public flogging. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, if it, for for those who don't know, Teen Titans, it's not your Superman, it's not your. I mean, I'm sorry, it's not your Superboy, it's not your Robin. All the different versions it of is these actually characters. Superboy. What? It is actually Superboy. Yeah, but it's not the Superboy that no, we're I used know. to. It's not. <laughs> it's not Superboy from the '70s. It's not Superboy who was um, the clone of Clark Kent and Lex Luthor. Now it's the one that went to the future, well, and then he got exchanged. But then he's just a clone to the from future? the future. Went to the future. Yeah, he's just a uh, yeah. He's the, still a clone, but he's a clone from the future now, or something along. But he's an evil clone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, the original one went, and then yeah. Like, does uh, he have he, like a goatee because he's evil? Is that the way it works? Now? <laughs> kind of like the Star Trek idea. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of thing. Like the Robin is Red Robin. That's Tim Drake, and right. it's just a whole mess of nobody cares. Um, but anyhow, that's going away. Stormwatch is also being canceled, which was the revamped name of the the Image comic book that was done by I don't want to say, didn't, but didn't Stormwatch go into another name? Authority? Yes, yeah, that became Authority. Um, yeah, that's getting canceled, and Stormwatch. that makes that story was making no sense. I gave up about a good six issues ago because I, I just couldn't take it anymore. Was it all like weathermen just telling you how the weather's going to be? It would have been more interesting. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and today's news, oh, and we have a snowstorm coming in from the east. If you were to read that. Watch out, polar vortex. Maybe they should have warned us. If you had read it, you should really see what they've done with Lobo. Oh, Lobo. And and I hate Lobo baby. I hate Lobo in continuity. It makes no fucking sense. Oh, well, he makes even less sense now, even though... Well, no, he makes even less sense. It turns out that the Lobo that we know, that 
that guy that looks like he's just going to you know pillage and rape you know the entire town that was a guy pretending to be the real lobo the real oh, lobo stop. is about as big as a gymnast he's still a zarnian but he you know but he doesn't look he's not anywhere the size level and also he's far more powerful than that lobo whose power was always more suggested and fluctuating and stuff like that yeah and he's also a merciless killer far more than lobo is he's a he's a non-fun merciless killer so he's pretty much just like one of those skinny psychopaths. Yeah, that, yeah they basically took no originality and threw it out the window. Yeah. Oh, God. DC just likes fucking you and not saying sorry. Yeah, there's <laughs> no Vaseline. Sorry I came on your sheets. I mean, what the fuck, yeah. man? <laughs> Another cancel? Justice League of America. Oh, well, I was waiting for that one to be done. Well, because it'll come back as Justice League Canada. What? Oh, That's going to be the result of after I'm the done. evil. <laughs> That's me dropping my headphones. And Cap is leaving the building. <laughs> Lock the door. Be, Don't let him back in. <laughs> <laughs> Close that window. <laughs> what? Well, I'm Puerto Rican. I go up to the fire escape. <laughs> I can hear his pointy shoes coming up the gates now. <laughs> oh, this is not West Side Story. Stop. Well, Stop he, it. In the Cap's case, he thinks he's Miles Morales. So he's just <laughs> Hey, you got it down there. Part black, part part Puerto Rican. I can't yeah, even say that word. I would diss Ralph and make a, a Dominican analogy, but there are no Dominican heroes because nobody's a hero. Wow. <laughs> Unless they take steroids. Are there any Dominican superheroes in the Not DC yet. or Marvel world? Like, yeah. No? You're no? looking at one right here. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Lame man. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as Ralph unplugs everything, he's by himself. But you know what? During break, I think I'm going to check it out. I think there is one. All jokes aside, I think there is one Dominican character. Yeah, I think there is somebody. It's it's it's, it's like sticking in the back of my head. Like it's like some, somebody they revamped. I yeah, think. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get back to the news here. Move a little bit quicker. Yeah. And speaking of quick, uh, we all know that the fa- the Flash moves quickly. But did you know that he could break the race barrier as well as the sound barrier? Jesse L. Martin, we know him as Detective Green from Law and Order, is going to be joining the cast of the new Flash TV show as Detective West. Yes, that is Iris West's father, which means Iris West is a black woman now. So, yeah, he's going to get a little jungle fever going on in there. Wait a minute. What's the name of the actor again? Uh, Jesse L. Martin is going to be Detective West. He's the one from the original Rent. Right. Um, He is also from the Broadway and the movie production of Rent. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's going to be Iris's father? Yeah. Wow. Yep, that's going to be that's a big move okay. there. So that's going to be an interesting sign. Yeah, the, the show was on Fox. They'd make they, they'd make Iris adopted so she'd still be white, <laughs> <laughs> and then cancel it three episodes later. <laughs> Nobody you know, was watching it. Everyone was watching it. <laughs> we weren't watching it. Do you know when's the uh, the expected uh, premiere date? For I haven't Flash? heard that. Did you, have you heard? No, no. I, I I keep wondering the same thing. Oh, I'm oh, actually still waiting for him to officially become Flash in Arrow. We haven't seen. He's still in the he's in Arrow. In he's still in a coma. That's not yeah. a giveaway. That's you know pretty just general. Arrow news there. It's not going to spoil anything for you there, Cap. I know, yeah. you, I know you haven't caught up. So stop looking at me like that. I, was, I haven't looked at you yet, but you saw it in your head. You're like, he's going to look at me. Now, here's, here's some news that I know at least one man in the listening audience, and actually I think he's not part of our listening audience, <laughs> will be happy to hear. Say it. I probably know who it is. <laughs> um, signed for three movie deals, Gal Gadot. She has been confirmed for, of course, the Man of Steel, of Steel sequel. She's also going to be in Justice League and a Wonder Woman solo film. Oh, they signed it to other things as well. Yeah. Wow. So it's official. We're stuck with her. Yeah, we got her. Well, <laughs> I heard somewhere it wasn't necessary. They do this now. So when popularity blows up, they pay her a set amount. You know, they don't they, like. Oh, so, oh, so, so basically if they blow up and they get and they get more. Um, um, what do you call it? 
as the movie gets more notoriety, if it gets more popular than expected, she gets stuck with the same amount of yeah. salary. I mean, well, I'm sure it's probably like, some increasing amount, but at least she can't turn and go double the pay or I don't do it. It's like you Chris know. Pine when he did the Star Trek. He did the, he he did the first thing. He wasn't very popular. Then he did a lot of movies, and now he's very popular. But his pay for the second Star Trek was nowhere near what he's getting paid for all the movies. Right. No, no, that's very very true. I mean, it's smart for them, but, you know, hopefully she'll be good because we're stuck with her. <laughs> <laughs> and the way you say that, I mean, even though I kind of said it also, we are stuck with her. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm sure she'll be great. How's that? How's that, Goodell? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we have something that's not quite as fun news, at least not to me, because I, I've, I've always been uh, on the uh, Schuster and uh, Siegel side of these arguments. But a super blow has been dealt to the estate of Joe Schuster. Um, the Ninth Court of Appeals denied a petition for rehearing of its November decision, which basically says that the Schuster estate cannot undo a 1992 agreement with DC Comics in which they relinquished all claims to the Man of Steel to receive $600,000 and other benefits as well. Which, and some of those benefits were to pay uh, Joe Schuster's medical bills at that time. Oh, wow. And, and his other debt. Um, and also part of their agreement is that uh, Joe's uh, brother and sister, um, Frank and Gene Peavy, are going to receive $25,000 annual pensions. That's it. That's, you know, Warner Brothers gets to keep everything else. You know, $600,000. Wow. I mean, that's just a shame. Also, though, this also upheld because um, in October 2012, the Ninth Court also overturned a 2008 decision to grant the heirs of Superman co-creator Joe Siegel his 50% share of the copyright of the first Superman story in Action Comic 1. So in other words, they're basically saying that uh, DC owns Superman now. Wow. Yeah. And as of April of this year, I'm sorry, not April of this year, April 2013, there's another ruling that Superboy also belongs to DC Comics. Fuck. So, you know, I mean, you know, as much as, you know, we may love that DC you know, has these things and we get the stories, Schuster and Siegler families have just been, you know, screwed out of everything. Oh, I haven't lo- loved DC for a while, so this just kind of adds fuel to the fire right about now. They've yeah. been writing <laughs> shitty comics, now they're doing shitty things to people. Yeah. So. And making all their hundreds of millions off of their characters and. Barely paying out anything to the guys that, you know, it wouldn't have cost six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, Motown me, did that to their artists too. Yeah. 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 I mean, even though 20 years ago that's still, you know, a decent amount of money, it's, they could have given them six million dollars and they would never have noticed, you know. Right. It's Absolutely. just insane. So, anyhow, a little bit um, better news on uh, something a little bit cheerier. Activision and Beanox re- released their extended trailer for the upcoming Amazing Spider Man 2 video game. Yep. As we we're watching it today. Watching um, it where? We were watching it. On, oh, we were watching it on our Facebook page. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, check it out. It's good. <laughs> Got some fun content every now and then. Yeah. Uh, definitely like us and tell your friends, please. <laughs> Once again, tell a friend to tell a friend. Because Doom does not beg. <laughs> um, now, there's a big surprise because uh, Spidey appears to be uh, learning hunting and fighting from none other than Craven the Hunter. When I saw that, I was like, wow. Yeah, I can't wait. So now this is due out in spring, which is around the time of the movie. What a surprise. Um, and for those of us that have not uh, ponied out the money for the new gaming systems, it will be available on Xbox 360 and PS3, as well as the other consoles. So uh, like, you don't have to worry about upgrading. I like the way you went for the other consoles, except for the expensive ones that are out. Not PS4 or Xbox One. You were like, nope, Xbox 360 and PS3. Well, I just wanted to let everybody know that you can still enjoy the game. You don't have to upgrade. It's not one of those where they're forcing you out of the game just to get it. You know, so well, I like that. Of well, course, thank God for that. Yeah, well, Sony's not stupid. They're not going to go, yeah, only make them pay for the upgraded thing, which means no one will buy our game. Right. You know? <laughs> um, more Spider-Man news, and I think this is the end of my news, too, yes. Um, Amazing Spider-Man, Who Am I? Who Am I? Yeah, it's called Who Am I? 
Dan Slott will be writing uh, Peter's Parker Return in Amazing Spider-Man number one, which Yay. is coming out in April. Eh, surprise. Um, <laughs> April, wow, that's coming out right before the movie. What a surprise. Um, as well as, though, this is the uh, digital comic he's writing along with Joshua Hale Fialkov. I guess that's how the man pronounces his name. Pardon me if I'm ruining your name. Um, this is where Spidey wakes up without any memory of who he is. The only way he can figure out who he is, he consults online information, which classifies him, of course, as a hero and a menace. And that's how he tries to figure out, like, what kind of man he really is. So is, is Jackie Chan going to make a appearance in this? Who am I? Who am I? I don't know that reference. What the fuck are you talking about? You've never seen that movie? Nobody should ever have seen the movie. What's the name of the movie? Who am I? Who am I? Jackie Chan. <laughs> My point exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, you know time, nothing what you speak of. Well, I, I guess bet- I guess because of Batman, it kind of threw off our news a little bit, made it a little bit longer than usual. Yeah. It's funny we should have called it long-winded news because, <laughs> and I, not to any fault of your own, just it was a lot of news, a chunk of news. Yeah, that was a chunk of news. I just wanted to get yeah. as much in there, just to let people know what's going on out in the the comic world. And the, that tell, tell the truth was both of your guys' fault. And that's our show for today <laughs> for Mike the Finance Guy. <laughs> 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 um, but before we get to the, <laughs> that's not even cool. <laughs> um, but before we before we go on to the main section of the show, um, Joe, you share share something that you heard about um the Superman Batman movie that you've heard the the big kind of rumor that you hear buzzing around lately about why they're pushing back Superman Batman. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you hear all the the rumors thinking that he'll push it so they can compete with the Avenger movie, which makes sense. But I'm hearing no, it um, <laughs> financially it does. But as a fan, I'm like, you know. Actually, that, I'm sorry. Before I'm just cut you off, Joe. Before you get to the news, I, I don't understand that because financially, to compete with somebody when both of you could win makes no sense. Like you know, you could either come out a month before or a month after to try and compete within a week or so of each other. You're risking both of you being losers as opposed to one of you being. A loser. I, I'm sorry. Maybe 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 I said that incorrectly. I can understand the rationale. Oh, that's, yeah. I can understand the rationale because you, you you feel like you don't want to be forgotten. Right. You feel like, okay, well, if, if there's better than us, you know, and if we wait so long or, if, you know, if, if we don't push it to the date, we might be left in the dust. Right. So we might want to jump on their coattails. Well, so then speak. they shouldn't have named it uh, Man of Steel 2, The Return of Parallax. <laughs> Ew, I fucking hate that movie. I hate Green Lantern. But anyhow, I'm sorry. There, <laughs> yeah, I stole some of your thunder there. What did you got to tell us about this great movie? <laughs> no, but I'm hearing some like negative rumors that um, that it's actually delayed one for an injury because of uh, injury to Ben Affleck. Why is his ego bruised? <laughs> no. Did, did he watch Daredevil finally? Oh. <laughs> did he borrow Cap's version? <laughs> I'm sure that it, if the you only watch, living version that exists. Hey, if I he watches Daredevil, he'll probably like kill himself. Like I did that. <laughs> oh no. Oh my god. Oh, those no. preludes. I shouldn't have taken a whole handful before that movie. <laughs> so so they're thinking it might be um it might be Ben Affleck being injured, but what else is they saying? Well, what what's the injury that they're thinking? Well I mean, I that, heard, that you're hearing from the way I heard I heard it was uh it was ribs. Ooh. And some other place I've heard um yeah, Black leg. Doom yeah. likes ribs. I heard it was his okay. leg. Right. Yeah. So oh, um yeah Black Doom likes ribs. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Surprise. Do you like Orange Crush, too? <laughs> Great soda. Yeah, yeah. He wants some of that purple stuff. That watermelon and chicken. Give me a pack of those menthol cools while you're out. So, what, so why? Oh, um, 45? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and a pack of Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> Right. 
we exhausted every black joke. In the <laughs> <laughs> now we have nowhere to go. Thanks for watching the show. For <laughs> no, don't turn off. <laughs> so, Joe, what's the other rumor that's going on about Ben about um the movie being? Postponed. Um, from what I heard from one, and I saw it online somewhere, that um, he's having an issue with the script. Who's he? Uh, ben Affleck, excuse okay. me. Affleck. And, of course. Affleck. And, and him and the director. I'm not sure who the director is. I had it written down somewhere. Zack Snyder. But the, I think somebody else, or maybe the writer. I'm not sure. It was somebody else. That okay. they're, conf- yeah. they're conflicted, and they're, they're butting heads. So he doesn't really want to keep going with the script they have now. That's why they're delaying it, because yeah. they're like, uh-oh, he may just walk. Uh, you mean Ben Edward Norton has a problem Ooh. with the script? Oh, bam. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested to see how this all unfolds, because it went from a Superman sequel to Superman Batman to adding all the other people yes. from the Justice League to now, be, to, to now competing with the Avengers to now being cut off. Um... Oh, thank you very much. So it's Zack Snyder doing the story. Goyer. Or with da- oh, with David Goyer. Yes. And David Goyer is a big time DC scribe, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Dave, David Goyer is probably like, fuck you. I wrote comics before you were even born. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, dick. Jersey girl. <laughs> <laughs> Take Geely. your Geely ass out of here. <laughs> All I can imagine, though, is that Ben Affleck's just watching that Daredevil film right now going, so they had James Franco as Daredevil? <laughs> Selected memory. <laughs> That's what Jennifer Garner tells him so he can sleep well at night. <laughs> because she was in that movie too. What, so what that and that he's dating, I mean, he's married to Jennifer Garner? That's the only way wow. he can sleep well at night. <laughs> That's the only way he can sleep well at night. Well, at least from this movie, I got this. See all this? I got the good Jen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you can see that she loves him because she, she did the crap Electra. Right after. That's right. Yeah, she that movie was horrible. But I mean, but but in but in her defense, and I always say that she did not want to do that movie, and it shows in every scene. Like she vehemently did not want to. Do, in fact, she not only did not advertise it, she criticized the movie while it was coming out. Oh. Yeah, she really she was just under she was under obligation to do it. They they basically said if you're going to be in the Daredevil movie, you have to sign up to do this Electra movie, and she did not want to do it. And uh, because I like Jennifer Garner. I mean, she's not like, you know, she's no Meryl Streep. I mean, she's no great actress that way, but I love her. Because I, I fell in love with her from Alias. Yeah, the... Alias was my, I mean, she was just, she just ruled that show, you know. She didn't read that Alias contract, that little blurb on the bottom saying, you need to do Electra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was good for the quick slash long-winded news. Now let's move on to the meat of the show. Ooh, I love meat. Meat, yeah. Let's <laughs> go. You're black. Of course you love meat. <laughs> so, um, actually, I wanted to kind of rehash a subject we've talked about a couple of months ago. Um, we were talking about the, the um, series called All New X-Men. Okay. For those of you who don't know, the original five X-Men are brought to our time in, in hopes that, or at least our beast brings back the, the original X-Men to our time in hopes to hopefully shake things up and maybe... Um, pray that Cyclops is not. Um, don't, don't sugarcoat it. He brings them back so they could bitch slap some sense into Cyclops. Right. Which doesn't work. And yeah. the other reason? What to, to hopefully cure him because he feels like he's dying. Oh, that's right, right. With that's every right. Well, mutation. No, he, he, he says it. I just read the episode, the, the first issue. He, he constantly keeps saying, I didn't bring you back to save me. Yeah, he did. I mean, he can say it as much as he wants to. Because yeah, then later on, he brought it back to save him. Because later know? on, they say, you know, Beast that was a very selfish move of you. And I, I don't think it was about the whole Cyclops thing. It was yeah. about the whole Beast being cured yeah. thing. Altruism only goes but so far. But when you're dying and you think that your younger self can figure out how to help save you, yeah, that's also the other reason you're bringing him back through time. <laughs> you're breaking a lot of laws just to slap Cyclops around. You could just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick, quick, quick question before we move on. 
Do you have a synopsis or no? No. Okay. Just, I don't know. I know it's a rehash. That's why. Yeah, I was like, that's why I didn't bother. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's just too much. It's just too much to give a synopsis to by this point. I mean, just the the why they're here to me is enough. Well, from the last time we spoke, we were speaking about Battle of the Atom, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which we all loved, right? It was. <sighs> Awesome. Is there a fuck you chime on there? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. There it goes. <laughs> Use my voice. Um, so basically, at the, at the end of Battle of the Atom, we find out that... Um, that the, nothing happens. And the group is an anom- not anomaly, a... What, what's the phrase? They're for? a paradox of Paradox, some right. So now they can't go back to their own time. They can't, so they're stuck here in our time. Well, the, the working theory is that someone's actually preventing them from going back in time. I, I think it's Brian Bendis. <laughs> who's writing the book yeah. <laughs> but, but wouldn't not having them in the past ruin all of the future you'd think so wouldn't well, you there was that one scene where young Scott got killed and old Scott disappeared which the, still made no sense but then oh, well, he, he, he almost died yeah, they yeah. and then they brought young Scott back so then old Scott came back also yeah, reappeared. right which so, then said okay, so you know well, they're they, connected right but, so, if, but if that's the case then it still doesn't make like, you know that's what Joey's bringing up in other words if they're connected then unless someone tells us and they haven't so far that their connection has now been lost if they're still connected and they don't go back then all of scott's memories would have to be changed in other words he would never have fought any of the people that he's already fought yeah, but that's, with this team but I mean, that's easily solved all you have to do is do what um what they made xavier do in um deadly genesis which is wipe his brain clean and all the team's brain clean of what happened but it's not about wiping brains clean I'm, what i'm saying is that in other words if if the young Scott is here, so to right. the point that he almost dies, basically takes our old Scott out of continuity. Right. That means they're the same Scott. Right. So when Magneto captured Scott, I'm just bringing up random stories. Right. Or when he married Madeline, well, young Scott hasn't done any of that. And Madeline's not in the current continuity any longer for him to do that. But here's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm wondering if that the future is so predetermined that... All that stuff does happen because Cyclops does find a way to get back to the past. Xavier says, oh, wow, you guys have been exposed to the future. I'm wiping your brains right. clean. And this way, it all still happens. Well, that's what that's their whole worry about going back anyhow. Even before they were prevented, remember, they kept saying, yeah. many of them kept saying they didn't want to go back because the professor would wipe, wipe their, their memories. Clean, yeah. But I'm just saying that if, you know, right now, if they don't go back at some point, it's then their history can't exist any longer, not on an individual level. And even some of the group dynamics. In other words... If, if young Scott never goes back and he's still directly related to this Scott, then that means that, let's just, let me, just for the sake of argument, let's just say Scott's 18 now, the young one, just for the sake of argument. Right. And let's just say old Scott's 30. Again, sake of argument. Let's pretend he doesn't go back for 10 years. So now he's 28. But let's just say that when he was 25, he should have met and married Madeline. If he doesn't do that, then old Scott can't have done it. No, no, words, no, I, because, I get that. Because now he wouldn't just be going back. He'd have to go back and de-age in time. No, no, I get know? that. But what I'm saying is um, now that they're a paradox, from what I understand, they don't age. That's, well, what, that's, the, that's the thing about it. They don't age. From where what are I they? Where you I can remember. From? I, I, I could have sworn I read something saying that because they're a paradox, they don't age. Oh, I mean, so this I guess way, only time, I mean, not to be punny, but only time would tell on that one. I mean, <laughs> I don't Where's know. the put on that one? <laughs> there we go. But, okay. You know, I mean, I, because I mean, what? Where would anyone even have proof on that? Well, like, you know, like, well, you haven't aged in that minute. <laughs> <You know? Yes>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I'm saying that, you know, that's why I kind of made that point. Because I, th- I always thought that because now they're a paradox, they can't age. And this way, when they do go back, it'll be like time is literally stood still no, for them. No, um, think about it. Every single person from the future is a paradox in the X-Men world. Bishop is a paradox. 
Um, Rachel is a paradox. I mean, there's not one of them that's not a paradox. They're all aging normally. Yeah, yeah, but they, but yeah, but but um, Rachel and Bishop could go back to their time where these guys can't. They can't ever seem to go back to their time. I mean, why don't they go? <laughs> Bishop Bishop went. I don't even want to get into Bishop, but Bishop's gone back, and Rachel's definitely gone back to her time. So they've. So I don't think they're paradox because they've gone back to their time. I think you know the the, the X Men because they can't go back. Something happened with the time stream where now they're stuck at this age in this moment. And they might get all these memories, but they technically haven't aged. So that's why I'm saying that. That's why. That's probably how they're going to explain why the entire X universe hasn't changed because they're stuck at that age. Probably right. later on, down so the that road, when they, they so forty years from now when they send them back, they'll still be teenagers. And, and you know, ain't going to be forty years. Yeah. You know, you, they're, they're already they're already kind oh, of. Oh no, saying, I'll, I'll have murdered Bendis by that point. <laughs> it will not be forty years. And now we apologize. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Bendis, watch out. Mike and Cap are after you. <laughs> I, I would apologize to Bendis, but it, I'll do it in the Bendis terms. So it'll take me about five or six episodes to build up to me about to apologize to Bendis, <laughs> which will take another 10 or 20 episodes. Yeah. So it's coming. <laughs> the apology bitter? is coming. Are we bitter? <laughs> yes, because I've spent a fortune on reading Bendis' books, his 12-issue his arcs that really was just a two-issue story. Yeah. He's like Dragon Ball Z. He kind of builds up all this stuff, and then you're in the wait till the next issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you ever read like any of the the original Ultimate Spider-Man run when it was still Peter Parker, I mean, it was great storytelling. But I mean, like I think, like for instance, the Venom story is a, is a great one. The covers had Venom. I think it was a five arc, or maybe it was actually a six arc story. Let's just say it's six. Venom is on all six covers. You know, doing something dangerous, fighting Spider-Man. Venom doesn't show up until number six. No joke. Yeah. Literally, he does not. And then it's all done up in that issue. Yeah, but that was all. That was all a Venom arc. <laughs> Bendis wow. has a, t- but but and with Bendis, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. When Bendis has done some of the story arcs of, um, yeah, I know why he left. <laughs> of course, Mike's gonna correct me. <laughs> um, with all the big story arcs like Secret Invasion, Bendis was doing a couple of them for a while, and his his um, ML was he'd have the slow build for four. If it was a six issue series, it'd be a four issue slow build up and rush the ending. Yep. Yeah, everything. <laughs> it's yep. like doing all this foreplay. Then, eh, 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 and then yeah. you're done. <laughs> Is that like your typical Saturday night? <laughs> yeah, I'm with somebody. That's awesome. <laughs> Two minutes, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's ask the other person now. <laughs> I can't wait for G oh, to hear this. It was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he made me breakfast. <laughs> I told that counts. It's, it's the you know the effort that counts. <laughs> with two minutes, you can. I guess that was a short him. count. Uh, one one thousand two one thousand i I hate you all (laughs) but to go back to bendis's fucking shortcomings as opposed to my shortcomings Shortcomings. (laughs) my god we we, we need to stop we we should have a pg version of the show anyway (laughs) it would just be (laughs) damn you were that's our show (laughs) here's the news or my Yes. <laughs> so um, what I was going to say was going back to all new X-Men, how did you feel how the rest of the stories played out? I don't know if you've read it so far. Yeah, well, I've, I've caught up. You've caught up. Okay. Did you read The, the Trial of Jean Grey? The, the very last. The first one. Uh, 22. The yeah. one that came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, how do you guys feel about where all new X-Men has come from um, um, Battle of the Atom till now? Not much really seems to have occurred. I mean, you know, it, it was it was really great right up until Battle of the Atom. 
You know, I mean, it was moving along. It was really a great mm-hmm. read. And then it just kind of petered out into, I guess, we're waiting for this big trial of Jean Grey. I mean, maybe that's what they're waiting for. Um, you know, when you realize that out of the Battle of the Atom, the most exciting thing that occurred was that Kitty, who is basically their Professor X now, she's now leading uh, the team as a professor because... Uh, just FYI, again, for anyone that may not have read it, they have not been the X-Men very long. I, I mean, you get the feeling it's only been a few months. They've barely had a lot of fighting experience. They hadn't even fought Magneto by this point. Um, so they, they haven't been a team that long together. So Kitty is now teaching them, and she was teaching them at Wolverine's school, the Jean Grey school. Um, and after the Battle of the Atom, she's taken them to over to uh, the Xavier School, which is really Scott Summers' rebellious uncanny x-men team right so that's really the most it's in the weapon x uh, facility yeah exactly in canada um so that's the biggest surprise we got but that's all we've had i mean we had that really weird girls night out issue in but that was uncanny x-men but still that's them but uh yeah not much of anything else has happened so i I don't really have a really strong feeling at all have you forgotten oh let me not say have you forgotten because i still need rt squared to chime in so rt squared how did you feel about where um all new x-men has gone so far since battle of the atom yeah, it just seems like it's teetered out after Battle of the Atom. Even Battle of the Atom let you down because, like, really? That's that's all that happened? Yeah. So it's like you, you hype it up so much, you make it, you do it through three different um, titles just to get to there. Right. It's like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was like, you know, advertising in the newspapers, getting some news media, blimps, and skywriting just to tell us that you were heading down to the 7-Eleven. <laughs> you know. and it's like you even involved shield in this and the shield doesn't do shit you know it's like what the fuck you know Shield doesn't do anything now that nick fury's not white <laughs> <laughs> wow so a black man's in charge today don't do anything that's fucked up all he, all he cares about is pimping out his helicarrier yeah. that, that sound system you know, I, I, oh I went, he, he's got I went all... into that helicarrier man that sound system is crazy man <laughs> thumps in the sky Gosh, what <laughs> You saw the Hulk there. He was like, yeah, Hulk smash. Yeah. Black Nick Theory has been using all of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s abilities to evade child support. Oh. <laughs> and here I was going to make a joke about Nick Fury kitchen smelling like fried chicken, but okay. <laughs> well, how do you think he burned his eye out? It was one of those hot pops. <laughs> this segment brought to you by the NAACP. <laughs> Sponsored by the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say in addition was, um, what did you guys think about X-23, a.k.a. Wolverine's female clone, oh, yeah. being included now into the all-new X-Men team? I feel as strongly about it as when X-23 is included in any team. Which is? Just, yeah, would someone melt her? Just kill her. <laughs> For God's sake, she's unimportant. <laughs> she, she's definitely a shortcoming, definitely, because she's got two claws in her in her, in her her arm, I mean, in her fist, and one claw in her toe? Yeah, yeah. well, between the toes. Between, yeah, it makes no feet. sense. Evidently, we've found out since we have X-23, I guess they call it Laura, right? That's yeah. her name. And um, Damon. Deccan. De- or Deccan. 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 The male clone of Wolverine. That evidently they can clone Wolverine, but they can't seem to get that third claw to stay in the right place. <laughs> because Dakin's claw comes out of his wrist. Right. The third one. So it's like one, one yeah. two from the hands and underneath. And the third, right, yeah. yeah. It just makes no sense. And, and like I said, it'd be just like with Dakin, I mean, they had killed him. And I think somehow in Uncanny Avengers, he's, I think they're all somehow back, even though they're dead. Um, he's just way so, when you're a clone of Wolverine, you're just Wolverine. I mean, that's just all you are. You know? Yeah, 
I mean, because what she's got, she's got her issues. She's got her her rage that's uncontrollable. Who's that sound like? You know, <laughs> berserker rage. Yeah, you know. But, but, just... but then you got berserker rage with a period. <laughs> wow. Oh. We apologize to all the women's groups out there. <laughs> Tampons flying through the window. <laughs> wow. Oh. No, it, shows, it shows Ralph's genius. He says he made he made six claws relevant. Everybody who doesn't have six claws in the same spot is irrelevant. That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. We gave props around for six claws. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mainstay. And I now, have a t-shirt. now we would like to applaud Joe for being the first one to bring up six claws in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like our guests every week bring up the the six claws thing. What do I win? They kept putting up last week, and now Joey Bags does it this week. What do I win? What do I win? You win a free subscription to the Meanwhile Twenty Two Pages Later podcast. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, These podcasts are not actually free <laughs> for Joe. <laughs> so what I was going to say was about uh, all new X Men. The way I feel, I felt like number one, the costume change. I liked the costume change in regards to doing something different. I just don't like the costumes. I felt like they were X Factor nineteen, late nineteen eighty ish. I like the costumes. I like the X Factor costumes, except for the big shoulder pads that they gave Jean for, I don't know, I think she was trying to fly or something. Yeah. <laughs> in case she fell out of a window, I guess she could sail down. Um, Wait, are you talking about the X-Factor or are you talking about the, because that's, that's when she came back to the X-Men. I'm talking about when... I thought, like, even an X-Factor at some point, maybe it was just an artist, they kind of drew her shoulder pads kind of out, but that could have just been they an artist. Have. I mean, because you know. they had so many different versions, yeah. but I know that Cyclops still had the cowl, but it was... It was blue with a white X instead right. of a yellow. Yeah. And I know her outfit was red. Red and orange. Red, yeah. red and orange, yeah. yeah I, have, I have no problem. I like their costumes, actually. I think it's refreshing. Um, there may not be the most novel idea in costumes any longer, but um, I, I just, it really doesn't bother me. I, I was actually kind of happy with the change. I like the fact that... I, I don't know why I like the fact that Beast has goggles. It makes no sense that he has goggles. I was going to say, I hate the fact that like he has that. goggles because like, you couldn't do anything else novel to him. It's like the thing. When, you know, you give everybody else a costume change and with the thing, what do you do? You change his underwear? I mean, like, what the <laughs> fuck do you do? Well, the thing I don't understand with the Beast, um, and, the, and especially now that you're, they have him here, and it, it was always the case even before, he wears glasses. Right. And it's not like he changes into something else when he's the Beast. It's not like he just says, I'm the Beast. You know, lightning comes down and he changes into some other character <laughs> that can now see. So I've never understood why when he's in his superhero role, he doesn't have his glasses on. But, he's but then when he's reading, writing, and doing everything else around the place, he has glasses on. Well, because he's, he's, he's farsighted. <laughs> That's why. Is that, is that it? Yeah, what farsighted. happens if the enemy is nearby? So when he's reading, well, then they... He's asked out. <laughs> like, I but don't it, know who you are. I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> but a geni- oh, why'd you hit me, Beast? But hold on. A, geni- <laughs> a, a genius. And you could say he's, I mean, he's not Stark's level. He's not Banner level, but he's pretty fucking smart. No, he's definitely a Banner level. It, you think he's Banner level? A hundred percent. He's just in his own field. Okay. He's so, genetics. So even, okay. So let's say he is Banner, um, a Banner level character. Do you mean to tell me that he couldn't create something so that he could be able to see like contact lenses? Which he would wear all the time. Though. Right. But he wears glasses when he's not in the field. It's just all like, the time. It's, like, it's uh, just no. I'm just saying. It's just one of those weird things. So I, I'm assuming these goggles are his glasses, which then at least makes sense. Now you're at least being consistent with the fact that he needs glasses. It's right. a small thing. It's just weird. Otherwise, then it's just weird that he has goggles. Because right? it's not like he runs really fast and he's getting you know bugs in his eyes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Angel would need the goggles more than him. If yeah. anything. Well, no. Actually, I was. Reading. Angel just needs a useful ability. <laughs> you know, I was reading up on him because since I was rereading the the issues, then I saw the, the issue where uh, Young Warren meets Angel, mm-hmm. right? And apparently, Angel has 
um, bird-like ability, so his his vision right. and his eyes are enhanced to a point where he can withstand the wind right. at high velocity. Yeah, I mean, also like the, he, he doesn't feel the cold as, as much either yeah. for being so high. No, I mean, I mean, those parts are interesting that they actually thought about that. There was actually a, uh, I don't know if it was in regular continuity or if it was when uh, they were doing the classic X Men comics years ago and they would add stories at the end of a, a reprint story, but there was a point where he's coming into the mansion and I think Scott. I'm sorry, I think uh, Wolverine and Jean are talking back when this was still the, oh, I don't know how I feel about you, Logan. No, you want it, baby. <laughs> Let me show you where my seventh claw is. <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of those conversations going on. Um, but he's flying in, and, uh, but he's like a good, I think he even says like he's a couple of miles away, but he, but he can see them clearly. Like, you know, like he's right there having a conversation. And he just says, gee, I wish my hearing was as good as my vision because I'd love to know what they were talking about. Like they actually kind of made a, a point about that. Right. But then when they tried to make him relevant, when they brought Angel back into the fold, not so much the X-Men fold, I think he actually fought with Excalibur like a few years ago when they tried bringing that back. And it was just horrible um, because he was fighting Viper and she's in like one of those hover car type things and he's battling her and she's just like, oh, you're going to try and battle me. I've taken down all the X-Men. You're just a guy with wings. And it was one of those where they were just desperately trying to make you see him as relevant. And he's just like, everyone always sees the wings, but they forget that, you know, I have hollow bones that makes me much more quicker and faster. And then I have, my musculature is different. So I'm far stronger than I seem. And yeah. I'm just like, God. if you have to explain all that in the middle of a fight, you're useless. <laughs> they do say that his wings are like uh, super strong. So he could actually hit someone and they'll go flying. Yeah. It's like, it's like talking about somebody when, when you get ready to fight him. Like, you know, if I mean, for example, if I was going to fight Ralph and Ralph, um, gets me angry for some reason i tell him you know what i could do to you i could do this and that. chances are i ain't gonna do it i ain't that fucking cool no. chances are that if we were in a fight and you start talking like that you've already been knocked out by me I'm just <laughs> punch the in the cap, throat you're done the cap is down that's right <laughs> he ain't from, getting up from boredom <laughs> <laughs> and ralph is peeing in his shield <laughs> <laughs> so real quick before we go to break the the la- i feel like the all new x-men was kind of kind of lame didn't really go anywhere kind of like what mike's saying and what ralph was saying um it's been kind of like a whole bunch of nothing really going on up till this last issue right which is the beginning of the trial of gene gray right i know you might have thumbed through it real quick mm-hmm. ralph i know you read it how did you feel about it well even that was a letdown all the way up to the end when you see that Fuck it, I'm spoiling it, so I don't oh. care. The thing just came out. But, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. but he's warning you. <laughs> so let's not spoil it for the people that need to read the comic book. <laughs> All right, you cover your ears. <laughs> cover your ears. <laughs> All right, whatever. So anyways, so... Um, I, I, can I help you? No, no, Without I got, spoiling it? I got... I, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not gonna. It's just at the end, you know, something <laughs> happens. Even before that, it's just, you know, Scott and Gene having a little tissy fit, you know, and then something happens, and that's it. That's yeah. the whole issue. Yeah, it, it, it's typical Bendis writing when he's not overly being Bendis, which is, you know, usually Bendis just keeps repeating the same sentence over and over, kind of like more Joe Jojo, <laughs> <laughs> except, except he gets paid for it. Um, you know, so like now he hasn't been doing that of late, but it's just this issue was just very talky, and I don't normally mind talk. It's just if it's more relevant, it's not that bad. Yeah, um, I, I I'm glad that. Immerman is that his name? Immerman. Immerman. I'm glad that Immerman is back on the all new X Men book. He's such a fantastic artist. He is the god of drawing that book. I love him. And now, now I'm sounding like Mike. Where before I was like, okay, you know, I like other artists taking on the all new X Men. Oh no, not anymore. 
I'm yeah. like, if he's not drawing it, I'm not buying it. Just tell me the story of audio version. I'll be okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's that good. Um, but hey, Cap, Cap, you got something on your lip. You might want to take that out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'm a fellow artist. I mean, art respects art. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> No, definitely, I can understand. That. But, I, but, but I do, but I do love Immerman's work. I mean, his his artwork is, is great in general. And it's not that you know he's the most superior artist in the world. It's just I just really enjoy his um his renditions of the of the members. And one of the things I like about Immerman, anyhow, not just for this book, is that his people, you know, every artist has a, a, a similar hand with their faces, but his people still look individual. At no point am I looking at it going, is that Kitty or is that Gene or is that beast i can't tell right. which one is which he has know? very distinct yeah. looks for everybody right and i like that yeah and, and he also gives them expressions besides the same old angry face no matter what they're saying yes absolutely you know he he definitely has depth when it comes to um um emo- emotional faces it's yeah. like you know surprised or slightly annoyed or very annoyed he definitely has that range yeah and it's very it's very well done yeah but I, I will agree with Ralph. It's a lot of talking, talking, talking until you get to the end when you figure out why they're calling it the trial of Jean Grey. They kind of give you a, a little bit of a hint of where this is going. Right. And I'm like, okay, finally some action. So hopefully all new X-Men will pick up. Yeah, do we know how many parts? There's a checklist oh. at, at the end. Oh, how many, sure. uh, how many books altogether? I'm pretty sure it's six books. Oh, wow. Okay. But are they all, all new X-Men? Or are they, are oh, they gonna... so there's three all new X-Men and then... Three Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, alrighty. That's oh. not too bad. All right, all right. So there you have it. All new X Men um, is continuing its run, and the X Men haven't come back. So we will come back to um, the other half of Meanwhile, twenty two pages later, after I chew on some tortillas with this fresh salsa. Ooh. Can only be hazard, a book at a time, it can only be hazard, a book at a time, it can only be hazard, a book at a time, it can only be hazard, a book at a time. The question that is on everyone's mind, what's on Mike's shop? Oh, I'm so used to there being a, uh, a segue. Okay, so here we are. <laughs> I thought you were waiting for the Miley Cyrus dancers. <laughs> uh, so they can all bend over and lick their foam fingers? No, thank you. All right, so you know the segment we're talking about, Mike's Shelf. Mike has a bookshelf of great sci-fi and comic book stuff. And we're going to get to pick um, a book from there and find out why is it on the shelf and um, what is it about. So, Ralph, if you have the trusty clicker, could you please... Oh, I'm sorry. Mike's favorite clicker. <laughs> it starts off so promisingly. <laughs> it's like a blind date. <laughs> and then it goes on too long. <laughs> the silence kills me. That's what it makes it. And here we go. There it is. Lucky book number 39. Holy shit. Wait, a number under 60? <laughs> it's a number under 70. I'm impressed. <laughs> All right, Mike. Hey, so It's bound to happen eventually. <laughs> Mike, what is book number 39, sir? Book number 39 is a collection of great... Of, of, I'm sorry. I was about to say Great Britain. Of Captain Britain. <laughs> which oh. is from Great Britain. Um, it was... Uh, really? I thought he was from Australia. Uh, yeah. He put on the Barbie. Oh. <laughs> First now, bad accident of the day. Now we apologize to all the Australians out there. We're sorry. But not Crocodile Dundee. You should apologize to us. <laughs> Damn. Um, 
this book is a collection. It's, uh, it was it was pushing right before, um, or I shouldn't say before. It was pushing during the Excalibur days of the original Excalibur run that uh, that Marvel did. So there was a lot more interest in Captain Britain. And um, but this book collects are uh, the the stories that actually came out in the UK. These weren't released in America. Um, you know, because uh, Marvel, I think where was it? Uh, oh, many years ago, Marvel had decided to compete with British comics by putting their own UK title out. Because before, yeah. all Marvel did was uh, replay their own books. I remember Death's Head, I think, had a, a title in Marvel UK. Yeah, something in there. Death's Head, I, think, yeah. I think that was right. Actually, there was actually, um, I think they may be, may be up to issue two. Now, they're, they're doing like a, a review of all the old titles, the, some of the old um, superheroes from the UK now. They're not reprinting them. They're actually giving them more stories. I think they kind of just fell out of favor. I think there aren't any more British UK books published by Marvel specifically alone. Like, no, they're their right. own titles. Um, but I think now they're just bringing them back. They have their own story going on right now. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, but it had nothing to do with the Captain Britain ones. But, um, but these, the, the, it holds, um, I'm trying to see quickly here. I think it has about maybe 12 or... No, it's probably a good 16 um, comics in this one bound volume. It's 190 90 pages. And it's great story and artwork by Alan Davis. Yes, Alan yeah. Davis. Yeah, he's done, he's done the script and the art. And uh, Jamie Delano, I think, also did some of the art as well. And it's it's a wonderful read. It, it, it really adds on to a lot of the character. It, you, you get to understand where um, Captain Britain came from. Uh, kind of decisions he made, how his powers worked, um, the fact that he's part of this Captain Britain core, basically. You get to learn about Megan, and people should remember her from uh, the X-Men and uh, Excalibur books. That was the, the woman that had kind of like, kind of almost like elf fairy kind of magic right. or something like that. She could shapeshift. I was and, say she could shapeshift, and, that's and what I remember. And increase her strength, energy blast, stuff like that. And right. she really looked like, a, she actually used to look kind of like a bat, wolf, ugly creature. Um, and that's because her transmuting powers had uh, made her look like what people feared her to be. Oh, so wow. she looked like that, um, you know, from a child all the way up until an adult. Until she finally started to uh, realize what her power was. And actually she made herself look more like Captain Britain. Like as far as the beauty of looking like a normal Caucasian woman. I was about to say, wouldn't that be kind of creepy if you met somebody and they morphed themselves to kind of look like you? Wouldn't you be kind of creeped out about that? I'm damn beautiful, so no. But yeah, no, no, I would. That would be that would be creepy as hell. Um, you also get to find out one of the, I don't know why she's beloved, but uh, beloved X Men character Psylocke. Oh, we love Psylocke. I can't stand Psylocke. Oh my god, she's so hot. <laughs> she, I used to like her when she was a uh, Psylocke, original Elizabeth Braddock. Psylocke. Which is what um, Elizabeth Braddock. No, no, I know. But for those who don't, for oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah before she uh, ended up getting a, a body swap to an Asian woman. Thanks to the uh, the hand, the, the hand. I think the Mandarin was involved in that. I somehow. believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is also uh, before she went blind. <laughs> the hand had a hand in that. Yes. A thumb but, um, and a few sh- fingers. Handies everywhere. <laughs> 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 there we go. Creep out. Um, you know, you get you get the history of Elizabeth Braddock. Um, you know, where she went from just being Brian's sister. She actually became part of the, the Captain Britain Corps. Um, we learn how she lost her eyesight. And we see some really good revenge. Uh, you see uh, some creepy incest-like situations develop. Wait, wait. So it's a non-Quicksilver... <laughs> and it's a, it's a non-Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch comic book. And there's some incest action going on in Marvel. Yeah, who thought that anyone else besides them had it wrapped up? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's just... It's, it's, it's got lots of action. It's, got, it's a great story. You, you meet a lot of the Captain Britain villains that were introduced in Excalibur. So you had, like, the, the tech neck... Um, what uh, Saturnine, uh, the Vixen, Slaymaster, all these um, creatures and characters that were in there. 
it, it's a wonderful read, beautifully done artwork, good coloring, and it's a good reproduction. This was from 88. I don't know if it's still available in print, though. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, is there something that you wish they would have added to the book? Like any of the, like, ancillary stories or stories about Captain Britain that wasn't part of this book, but you were like, oh, I remember that story. I remember a tale or... Well, I, would, I really do wish that they um, it went further back. I mean, granted, it is, like I said, it's already 16 issues, I believe, or close to 16 different stories in this one book. But I would like to have seen them go before the traditional Captain Britain uniform that we're all used to that has, like, the helmet. There was a Captain Britain, his, his original look was... Uh, um, like he, you couldn't even see his mouth because of his mask. He used to have a a, a medallion of might and a, or sorry, a scepter of might and a medallion of right because that was his magic powers of how he had his uh, his strength and whatnot. Sounds very Seuss like, yeah, <laughs> almost exactly, you know. Um, but then he used to get his power from Merlin, and that's before they went through this whole Roma the goddess that's leading this whole Captain Britain core between the dimensions and whatnot. Captain Britain Corps, and here we thought that the the Green Lantern Corps were bad. Yeah, and they don't fight amongst each other quite as often. Oh, yeah, seriously, they don't. I mean, they do have, you know, every now and then they'll get some battles going here and there. But Green Lantern Corps, I mean, that's all they do is fight <laughs> and then make bad movies, then fight, <laughs> <laughs> then make a bad animated movie, then fight again. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Not all of the animated movies were that bad. Exactly. Oh, you, one out of the two. So 50 <laughs> percent. <laughs> I'll take I'll take 50 versus um, Daredevil. Zero percent. You own it. Don't criticize it. Hey, hey. I you funded to... it. It was like funding the terrorists. <laughs> I told you. I have, a, I have the last living copy around. So. Yeah, even the digital copies I had somehow have gotten corrupted. Because <laughs> the movie was corrupt. Okay. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. Captain Britain, book number 39 on Mike's shelf. Worth a read. Please go check it out. Hey guys, this is The Cap, letting you know that your voice is important. We still want to hear from you. Tell us what you thought of our last episode. Channel your inner Mike the Finance Guy and let us know if we got something wrong, which he's really good at doing. Help us with Geeks on the Go questions, or even compliment us on our horrible impersonations. Your impersonations aren't that bad, Doc. Thanks, Kev, even though I thought that was. So, (laughs) show us some nerd love on Twitter, at Meanwhile22. Or like our page on Facebook. You can also check out our website at meanwhile22pageslater.com. That 22 is a number. And if you have enough time, send us a positive review on iTunes. Wow. We're really begging, aren't we? Now let's get back to the show. (laughs) You're not Batman, MFG. I'm Batman. <laughs> the world would have been so worse off if you were Batman. <laughs> critique, critique, man, maybe. <laughs> I would have just shown up and been like, "I'm Batman, and you're really going to fight me with that umbrella? Seriously, with an umbrella? What are you, two and a half feet tall? Oh my god! If I just smacked you in that monocle, you'll go blind for life." <laughs> All right, so. Oh, speaking of comic books, I mean, obviously, we all know that for the past 20 episodes, Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later has talked about many different things that are geek, but mostly we stick to comic books. What I wanted to do is I wanted to um, see what you guys experienced when it came to comic books. We've all read comic books, and we all know good guy wins, the bad guy gets put in jail, and they live happily ever after. What I wanted to know is what was the first moment when you read a comic book? Any comic book. And that it made it blew your mind. You were like, "Oh wow, that did not just happen." Because sometimes, I mean, I guess 
after, I mean, for, for Mike and I, we've been reading comic books for a very long time. I know Joe and Ralph have been reading comic books also, but I mean, I've been reading comic books for a fuck long of a long time. Uh, it's like what, Stone Age? Yeah, but Dabba Dailies. But the bottom line is that um, Mike and I have been reading for so long, sometimes you can see certain story arcs happening before they even um, reach their climax. You're like, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. But I'm talking about when you first started reading comics, what was the first comic moment that made you like it blew your mind you totally did not realize what just happened so we're talking about beyond the whole villains month yes nobody should have seen that coming you just like bringing up villains month well you bought all 52 issues so you might i've got to get my money's worth out of it i'm surprised you have, i'm telling you i'm surprised you haven't taken the covers and used them as wallpaper that might actually have like something make them actually useful yeah you know? Yeah, and you can't make them useful that yeah, way. Yeah, now you're absolutely right because I only bought like seven issues. Yeah. I'm still regretting it. Yeah, you can't use them as toilet paper because they're so bad. They repel shit. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> you can't repel what you already are. So, <laughs> so let's start with Ralph. Ralph, what was your your first ever moment in comic books where it blew your mind? Well, I can't really remember my first ever, but the most recent one, you guys actually had a hand in it. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. You're saying that both of our hands are in your first moment? <laughs> yes, and it was a good one, too. It must, it must be small because you're calling it a moment. <laughs> Mine's a story. <laughs> Mine's an ongoing series. <laughs> with, with movie rights. <laughs> Longer than the credits of Star Wars. <laughs> so, Longer than the fight scene between Superman and Zod. <laughs> and Man and Steel. Um, so, Ralph, we had a hand in this. Oh, my God. Can't believe we went there. So, what was your what was your um, mind-blowing moment? Uh, in Kingdom Come. Dun-dun-dum. Uh, written by uh, Mark Waid and drawn by Alex Ross. Right. Yep. So, the scene where um, the the prison blows up, mm-hmm. right, or, is, or is blown up, and you just see Superman there in the ashes, and he's just like enraged you know just that, that that whole scene right there just blew my freaking mind man. so so for those who didn't read kingdom come which if you're re-listening to this podcast i hope you've read kingdom come if not you should yes i mean just the bottom line is that um it's so many years later after a lot of these heroes that we know and love from dc have retired and now a new brand of superhero is out there taking the law into their own hands unfortunately they've been very vig- I, i'm not vigilante but what's the word i'm looking for a little bit they're sort of like an anti-hero right Mm-hmm. You know, very rough around the edges, killing civilians, not not caring about, you know, um, fellow life. They're just kind of kicking butt for the sake of kicking butt. Yeah. And now the just because other... they can. So now what was the lead up to this uh, mind blowing moment for you? Well, because, you know, in, in it, Superman's trying to uh, rush back to try to stop the missile. Here's the missile, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. It's a missile that's going to blow up the prison where he has all these people. Where he's trying to rehabilitate them. And then he's stopped by... Um, was it? I can't remember. Are you t- uh, Captain Marvel? I was just going to yeah. say. Shazam! Shazam! Spoilers! 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 <laughs> so he's, he's stopped by Shazam, and they're as they're fighting, these missiles are on their way. And See, yeah, they're coming now. Damn fire truck. <laughs> and um, Shazam actually sacrifices himself, but he's still in, but, but still, uh, the bomb blows up, but it still causes a lot of people to die, and Green Lantern saves a few of them, but then just you see in the next scene, you see the ashes all around, and Superman's on his knees, and he's just pissed. You can see this, like, the way Alex Ross draws it, he's, he is pissed. And he just goes straight to the UN, and he's about to kick some fucking ass. 
Because he's like, you guys are sending these fucking missiles at me. But then he gets talked down. But just that whole scene. Just to see like something like that. Where you think this guy that he never gets angry. Right. You know? Even when um freaking Apocalypse is kicking his ass, you know? Mm-hmm. And and he's taking it and he's, and eventually he lets loose and he's still he's still sort of in a calm way. Oh yeah, well, I mean, after he came back from the dead after Doomsday, he was like, "Ah, oh, happens." Yeah, you know, <laughs> right? Is it no, good? But is I mean, so is that what made it such a mind blowing moment for you? Is that- yeah, because it's like you never see this kind of thing, really, you know. And it's like, holy shit! Now, know? would you have changed anything about it? like you know? Were you on board with that, or were you just kind of skeptical, or what? Well, I mean, it, at first, I'm like, really, I thought it was like some sort of dream sequence where it's like he didn't make it in time. But I'm like, you, you really, you kill all these people like that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like well, kind of, that's some crazy shit, you know. But then just as as I kept reading and I see how it works, how this there's always tragic events that bring people together, right. you know. So it's like I say, okay, it works, it works yeah. because be, because of this, out of this, you actually see Superman grow into another person. Because first, before when the book starts, you have Superman the loner who's like they don't need me anymore because they got someone that can actually kill. Yeah, he was super farmer. Yeah. yeah, super farmer. Super, super farmer. Super farmer in a holographic farm. <laughs> so then, then after that, then he's like, he's the, 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 the returned prodigal son because he's like, I'm back and I'm stopping all. You guys got to follow uh, what I say, or else, you know, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna have to put you down. Right. Then after that, he's like, well, I'm not gonna put you down. I'm gonna lock you up and make sure that you can't hurt nobody and and change you, whatever. But then after this, he's like, no. Now it's like I'm the guy that's saying we have to work together to be to make a better, better place. You know? okay. And it was just it was mind blowing. No, definitely, and it's very the, it's a great story. And the it art in the moment. book is just incredible. Alex Ross at his very best yeah. doing that that story. That's, absolutely. Yeah. So it was that and Marvels was my other one. Yeah, that's a good story. Oh, from Alex Ross. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those are two great books. And anytime um, before we move on, um, anytime Superman gets angry. It's always, I think when you're a kid, it kind of throws you off because Superman doesn't really show anger. He might be frustrated and, you know, like, I mean, obviously he wants to save the, the, the people from, like, evil. But when he gets pissed off to that point where he's like, I'm going to bust your ass, I'm going to punch you through a building and not care yeah. what, you know, who, who I'm hurting. Oh, wait, that's Superman, um, the movie that just came out, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so I can imagine as a kid that might be their oh wow moment because Superman typically doesn't do that. Right. Yeah, no, that, that, that Superman, that's... um. Uh, deconstruction Superman. He's a, he's working for the the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> I can see the that. Wrecking Crew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well done, Ralph. I mean, I'll I'll say mine real quick because it took me a while to figure out what mine was because a lot of mine were based on cartoons. Because growing up, I mean, you to have death in any comic book or cartoon form at my age always blew my mind because the, the comic books, even GI Joe. They would shoot bullets and nobody died. Vehicles exploded, but everybody jumped out of the way in the middle. G.I. Joe, hell, the A-team never shot anybody. <laughs> I mean, for guys in the military and none of them are marksmen? I mean, come on. Yeah, but even the villains would miss, too. It's like, oh, my God. Well, the villains is, is fine because, you know, those are your rejects that are joining Cobra. It's like, the Cobra probably has, like, a, a recruitment center in the ghetto. It's like, hey, do you want to join Cobra? You want to join Cobra? <laughs> Can you hold the gun? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But wouldn't you think they'd be better shots because they do it more often? <laughs> well, I would only imagine like the that you know when the the villains are invading the the lair and you just hear the GI Joe uh, commanders just yelling out, 
They're coming in. Shoot that railing. Shoot that railing. Now shoot that window right next to it. Shoot the railing again. <laughs> shoot by their feet. Shoot the door handle. <laughs> so, so they're actually expert marksmen. Yeah. They just they just miss on purpose. Oh yeah. No, oh, they're 100%. not they're not missing. They're hitting what they intend <laughs> yeah, to hit. Exactly. My point is <laughs> <laughs> that uh, a lot of times, in, especially in '80s cartoons, nobody died. Um, in comic books, people died. The career of those writers did. A <laughs> <laughs> hey, GI Joe lasted a long time, and so did those toys. Um, but. <laughs> I'm not even sure which one of them was a rim shot for. I'll just take the rim shot. Wow. Wow. (laughs) And he's that one too. (laughs) (laughs) But but all jokes aside, what I'm saying is that... um, with all that, with I'm just prefacing it because understand this this moment might not be much, but for me it was a lot. Um, for me it was when um, in Crisis on Infinite Earths, when Batman is talking to the Flash, and the Flash appears to die, and he's yeah. and he disintegrates into nothing. Where oh. he's 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 um he's talking to Batman, and he's starting to to waste away into a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that stayed through continuity, so it, it was the image of that 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 was my oh my god moment that blew my mind. But the fact that there was no more Barry Allen to return, yeah. and the fact that it was now Wally West, I'm like wow, they're not. Ha-. I mean, in everything they've had him come back. I can talk about episodes of Battle of the Planets where the princess was gonna be eaten by a plant and she came back. Right. And meanwhile, even because in all cartoons they all come back. Voltron, when Sven, one of the original members, had died or they thought he was dead, he disappeared and then the princess took over his lion. He came back like maybe two a season or two later, you know, not working for Voltron anymore. But it, the bottom line is in all cartoons, everybody comes back to see Barry Allen die and then not come back. Blew my mind the yeah. fact that you can get rid of a character that is actually death in comic books. Yeah. For me, it, it bothered me. I don't know if it bothered you guys. Death bothers me in in. in cartoon form it did now you referenced that the death was in crisis now did that death bother you more than supergirls i mean because she was just flat out blown a hole in her gut and died right then and there you know what's funny it did it bothered me more than supergirl Supergirl, you know like also because and i'll and i'll explain why because when i was a kid i only um i didn't collect like that because crisis came out when uh, somewhere in around 85-ish. 85. I wasn't... I, I couldn't even afford my own comics back then. My father would give me $2 and say, make the most out of it. And like I talked, <laughs> like I talked about in previous podcasts before, the comic book um, places in the Bronx didn't always hold a bunch of the comic books you'd want. If you wanted it, you got there early. You hoped they bought it. If they didn't buy it, you bought what was left. Right. So I only had one issue of Crisis. Ah. And it was that issue. Oh, and wow. then later on, I found out what happened. But it was like... Wait, the Flash is dead? And Troy would tell me, yeah, he's gone. So, yeah, I mean, Supergirl died, but I didn't really know about it. And also, I didn't grow up watching Supergirl. So I was like, eh, I was kind of like, you know. See, for me, the, the, I mean, I definitely, the the Flash moved me, but the Supergirl death moved me more so at that series. I had read, I was reading the series as it was coming out. So, um, but with the Supergirl death, the reason I found that so moving, and I think hers was before his, I think. Yeah. so, first of all, that was the first major death. I mean, people had been dying throughout Crisis already anyhow, but it's not just because I am I was a huge Supergirl fan. I mean, you know, Supergirl was just Supergirl. You know, I read Adventures with her, and they were mediocre at the best. Right. It was, she died with such heroism, and she was written so well in those few pages that were going to be her last, that it was just, you realize, wow, this, this girl really was a hero. And then, not only, like I said, was her death so dramatic, she was saving her cousin... Um, she saved Superman from the the anti monitor, 
and took the blast, you know, right in the gut. It just blew a hole straight through her and killed her right then and there on the spot. She didn't get one of those long soliloquies, you know, whatever. It was also the fact that Superman, when he's carrying her body and he is just bawling. And that was the first time I'd ever seen Superman bawling. I mean, he was just flat out crying. It wasn't one of those tear at the corner of the eyes. I mean, he's just like, you know, she's dead and he's just face is just wet, you know. So that one that moved me a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, but I can definitely see the Flash. The Flash. I mean, as a kid, I mean, and mind you, we and still, I love Barry Allen. Yeah, oh yeah, I know you love Barry Allen. I, I'm okay <laughs> with Barry Allen, but <laughs> one of our audience members told us there's some stroking going on for Barry Allen. <laughs> if Kev was here, which he is, he would say, "Stop stroking off Barry Allen. We got so much more show to go." Hey, look, it doesn't matter. I can stroke off Barry Allen. He's got that aura that protects him from friction. <laughs> Where's the bell? What the fuck? There we go. Okay. What I was going to say was that um, there are so many cartoon references, but for me, that flash really got to me. And what I was going to say before was we have a bet. I, I forgot that we ha- I have to watch one season of Doctor Who, and you guys have to watch Robotech. Next time you're in my house, I have to give you both Robotech sagas that I have so that this way, you know, you got because there's a... There's a a part in Robotech where I had a similar okay. feeling. I won't say much. Right. I don't want to be spoiler. No. Oh, yeah. We'll try and grab that for next week. Ralph, as uh, he says, looking at me. Wednesday, we'll get together and we'll buy the kerosene and the lighters and we'll make sure that we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> that that there'll be nothing left of that apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and then if, if, you get, if you do it while I'm watching Doctor Doom, I'll be asleep while it's being done. <laughs> Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom, you Doctor mean who? who? Sorry, I'm looking at Doom, but I'm thinking of who. <laughs> you see, but if, if you. If the fire's going on while you're watching Doctor Who, he'll just come and save you and save the apartment. So, yeah. Doctor Who will he, save you even if you don't believe in he him. He doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> That's what you think. All right. So, Joey, what was your um, mind-blowing moment, uh, your first mind-blowing moment in comic books or in your um, history of comic book reading? Don't be afraid to tell us. We won't judge. Not much. much. Yeah. Much. yeah. <laughs> right? Thank you. Thank you. Look who's no. talking. Wow. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I've read my fair share of comic books, and but I wasn't a long-time reader like you, Mike, or even much as you, Rob. But one of, one of the first comic books I fully read throughout was like the Wolverine versus Spider-Man number one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I remember getting to the graveyard scene. And this is for the final battle between Wolverine and Spider-Man. And of course, with his healing factor, the adamantium claws, you know, he's going to basically kick Spider-Man's ass. So Spider-Man, ass is kicked, and he has this last ounce of energy. And he takes, he says, you know what, I'm going to take my every last ounce, even if it kills me, and I'm going to put it into this one punch. And he blindly swings. And instead of who he thinks is Wolverine. He hits on me. No, he hits a woman called Charlemagne Uh-oh. or Charlie. I don't know her significance. All I know is she was a normal person, and he took all his might and put it and killed her with that punch. Whoa, whoa, what comic book was this again? Spider-Man Wolverine number one. But when is this from? It's like the 80s. This uh, oh, came okay. out in 1987. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't remember that. I would have been yeah. I would have been reading during the time. I just don't remember it. I think it was okay. a one-shot. It was okay. a one-shot. It wasn't like an ongoing series. It was just one issue. No, I'm just surprised because usually I would get all the, the first issues of everything from my comic shop. But wow, that's really, that's pretty powerful. So what is, so it well, just, was it in continuity or was this some kind of in, like. It, it, uh, it didn't see it because I just, I just, see back then I just collected comic books. Okay. So I didn't really read them. But this one, for some reason, I said, let me pick up the issue and let me read it completely. Who knew that we're going to see Spider-Man kill a person? You know, it's right. not like the Gwen Stacy snap. 
Oh. <laughs> that he, wasn't his fault. Not really. Maybe the thwip broke a neck. You can blame gravity for that. <laughs> but but this, he took his entire, it's all his strength. And I mean, Spider-Man's strong. I still don't see how her face didn't fly off. But right. he, he I think punched. That, that might have been too graphic for the viewers. Uh, that's but, why they do it in shadow. I always love when they do that. You just suddenly see a silhouette like losing a head or something. You know? <laughs> no, this one I remember is the scenes was like he, you see him, you see him bent down, and then you see him turn all the way around to give like a hard punch, and you see like a punch off the off uh, the screen or the the still the frame, panel, the frame, mm-hmm. the panel. Don't know the terminology. <laughs> I should right. Yeah, that's good enough. We're, yeah. we're all right there. And you see it go off thing, and then all of a sudden when he looks, you see her on the ground, face all bloodied. And he's, he's like, oh. And even I was like, oh. You know, it just threw me away. So now, if Wolverine would have done it, would have would it have um, not been as mind-blowing? Like, if Wolverine would have went for the punch and missed Spider-Man and then hit this woman, which, by the way, her face would have totally been obliterated, um, would it have, would that have been as shocking? Probably not, because you kind of almost expect it out of him. See, with Spider-Man, he's such, not the goody-goody, but he's always been a tragic character. And his whole, his whole thing of, you know, death of Uncle Ben, got Gwen Stacy, you know, he unless he's depressed. He's really trying not to kill anybody. So the fact that he turns around and he kills somebody. Yeah, this is the guy that when he sees a box of Uncle Ben's rice, he starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up. <laughs> All right, right. That was good. I mean, it's funny because I forgot about that one shot of Wolverine Spider-Man. It was actually very valuable for a while. But I think because of the way comic books have kind of paired Spider-Man and Wolverine recently, the um, the price has gone down a little bit from what I understand. Yeah. All right. So, good job. Mike, the finance guy. What, what do you do want? You have? <laughs> I want you to answer the fucking question. Damn you. <laughs> this is what happens when you let him go last. <laughs> <laughs> I told you you wanted to go first. Hey, he's old. He forgets things. Like, judge, huh? judge, judge. Who are you people? <laughs> All righty. My mind-blowing moment. Um was in Doom Patrol number 121. Doom yeah. Patrol. Yeah, it was one of those, um, like I've said before, I was getting comics that you know didn't have covers and stuff like that. So, of course, they would always be older issues. So, you know, I, obviously I wasn't reading this when it came out, but I read this as a child. And Doom Patrol 121 came out in September, October of 1968. So it's an older comic, and I was probably reading it at some point in the, I don't even know when, but it was nowhere near that time period. Um, the title of the book was... Uh, the beginning of the end, also known as the death of the Doom Patrol. And uh, in that story, it actually opens up with um, the drawings of the real editor and artist of the book at that time. Um, it was uh, Murray Boltonoff was the editor and uh, Bruno uh, Premiani they, uh, was the artist. And they were seen at the beginning of the story and they open up saying that only a miracle, a miracle could save the heroes. So, you know, you go into the story, you get the... Um, the, one of the arch enemies of uh, Doom Patrol was Madame Rouge, and she wanted her revenge on her former villain group, which was the Brotherhood of Evil, but she also wanted revenge on the Doom Patrol. So uh, Madame Rouge, she bombs the, the Brotherhood's lair, and she seems to kill the Brain and Monsieur Mala. Okay, that was pretty much the entire group there for the evil side. Um, she makes an attempt on the Doom Patrol, uh, sending them a bomb. It doesn't work. The chief uh, you know, gets them all out in time. And he moves the team to their secondary base, which is on an island in the Caribbean. Madame Rouge knows about the island, and she enlists the help of this former Nazi General Zal and use his ship, and they go to, off to the island. Um, 
through whatever means the island is already rigged with explosives the entire doom patrol is trapped on the island it's rigged with like i said with tons of explosives and the team is then told that there's a bomb there and there's also a bomb in codsville maine where the 14 residents that live there will die if the doom patrol doesn't you know if they in other words they, if they decide to live he'll kill the people in codsville if they decide to die, then the people in Cosville will live. Wow. Yeah. His assumption, of course, is, you know, they're all strangers. These are not, like, people that they know. These are total strangers to them in this town. Um, this is the only choice they have. And they can't get off that. Like, they are tied down, netted down, whatever. Like, each one of them is held in something that's preventing their powers from working. And uh, anyone that's not familiar, by the way, the chief was almost like Professor X. Like, he was incredibly smart, but he was wheelchair-bound. Like, his wheelchair somehow sometimes had gadgets or whatever like that. Um, you had Negative Man. um, he had this energy that he could send out of his form, which would left it left his body vulnerable, but the energy form had like you know electromagnetic like powers and stuff like that, kind way. of like that exactly. Um, you had Elastigirl who could make herself larger or really small, that kind of a thing. She wasn't so much stretchy as just growth and shrinking kind of a thing. And Robot Man, who was just that, he was a person whose brain was put into a robot body. Such an original name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, this is back in the day. They didn't come out with really original names, but um, so. You had our heroes facing this, and what I really remember about the, the last two pages is that the chief turns and says, you know, to the group, this decision is up to you guys. So you have Negative Man. He just says, all men are our brothers. Elastigirl, she just says, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of corny in today's world, obviously, but, you know, for back then, she just says, the pilgrims were just ordinary men, too. And Robot Man, he, he comes out, he says, uh, well, the Hebrew children who wouldn't bow to the pharaoh were just ordinary shepherds and farmers. So together they turn and they just go fire away. And Zal, he's just like, what? He got angry and he just detonates the bomb. I mean, it, it doesn't just explode. It obliterates the island until it's just nothing but a smoldering mess under the sea by that point. Wow. And it, yeah, it's just, it was just an amazing man. Um, and when that news got around the world immediately right after that, because everybody knew what the situation was. It was like that was announced all over the world that the heroes had to make this choice because that was one of the things that Madame Rouge and Zal wanted to do was to show that they were cowards. And that they would, you know, take their own lives. Um, the people of Codsville renamed their town Four Heroes in oh, honor of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was. Uh, oh, and also at the end of that. Now, after all that happened, our heroes are officially dead. Um, the same editor and artists that were in the beginning show up in the very last panel, and they basically ask if this should be the end of the Doom Patrol, and said that if people write in, maybe maybe something could change. Basically, they were saying write in, and if we get enough letters, we'll save the Doom Patrol. Unfortunately, they did not get enough letters, and the Doom Patrol was out of... They, they were considered dead. It was, it was canon by that point. Wow. Yeah, they were dead. And uh, so for me, it was a big thing, because just like you were kind of saying with the comic stuff like that, that was my first time I'd ever seen heroes die. I mean, especially the brand of hero. I mean, it wasn't just like this was some random guy. Because usually, the only time that people would die in a comic book would be some guy that just got a, some vague power... He tries to be helpful. The, the, the main superhero always says, no, 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 you need training. You need to understand. They do something, they die. And that's our learning lesson as kids and young people that are reading it saying, don't try these things basically without adult supervision or, or without experience or without powers. I mean, that was what you were supposed to learn from these things. Right. So to have your team actually die of experienced heroes that have been saving the world and, and to die so heroically, I mean, saving literally total strangers 
across the world from them. It wasn't even like they could visually see them and, and could sympathize with them that way. It was remarkable. And I think they were, you know, obviously I could be wrong, but as far as the main team, I think they were the first team that ever died ending a run. I mean, it just never occurred before. Yeah, wow. wow. Yeah. How old were you when you read that? I don't know. I was probably, it was probably before I was 10. You know, I, I would think somewhere along that age. So, so by that point, I hadn't even read of like, you know, Jean Grey dying. I was dying just thinking that. I hadn't read that. I mean, it probably would have happened, but I wouldn't have read that, you know. When I pitched the what idea. Was that like 1867? Uh, oh. No, no, just uh, 2008. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very young. Shit. <laughs> I mean, the reason, it's funny because when I pitched the idea to the um, to the group, I didn't know my moment myself. I knew that it's something stimulated to talk about, but I always knew that for, for me, all of those moments that were like, oh shit, that happened, was all cartoons based on comic books. It, and then when I had to start thinking about it, I was like, well, actually, I had a couple of things. Like, I mean, Superman's death, because at that time, I didn't think it was going to be um, like part of a marketing ploy. Right. You know, and, and then as we got older, we became more certain, like, oh yeah, they'll be back in like another, like. Right. <laughs> They'll be back next week. Well, well, that shit. well, just well. I mean, come on. When they when they killed Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four, I said he'll be back in exactly twelve issues, and he was exactly twelve issues. So, yeah. Because that twelfth issue, I forget what number. So anyone out there can double check on it. I think that was issue number that would have made issue number like six hundred or seven hundred. Yeah, yeah six hundred of the Fantastic Four. So I was like, when I realized that that they were technically at issue, you know, four hundred or five hundred and eighty-eight, I'm like, oh, he'll be back in exactly twelve issues. You know, and, yeah. and he was. <laughs> you know. But also, uh, the reason I asked about your age is because it's funny how if you would have read comic books at a later time, you might have it might you might have ingested the information differently. It yeah, might not possibly. have been as hard hitting, right? I mean, it also depends on still whether or not I had read other comics because if I wasn't a comic reader, reading that still would have been like you actually kill heroes. You know, right? It still would have been kind of mind blowing to me. You know, um, yeah. I, I I I just found that. Like I said, not only did I find that the concept of them dying amazing, I just, like I said, it, it's really, for me, just that this is what a hero does. This is, what, you know, you not just risking your life to save others. You actually are willing to give up your life to save, you know, even a handful of others. I just thought that was just amazing. Right. Also, one thing I'll say before we go to break is, um, you know, it's funny. I think that's what's wrong with comic books now. Nobody stays dead. No, Nobody stays all. dead. No, but not you, Bucky. Not you, Robin. All of you are still alive. Damien's coming back yeah. soon oh, too. You know, Damien. I, 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 I'm pretty convinced that that's the way that they're going to get Batman and Robin back together. Is it's going to be a Damien clone? I, I, I almost see it coming. You know, <laughs> you know but other honorable mentions I wanted to mention. You know, uh, we did mentions. say like the death of Jean Grey, of course. Another one that got me was uh, Barbara Gordon being paralyzed in The Killing Joke. That was a big one. Ah, yeah, that's um, a good one. Yeah. And actually, going back to Jean Grey, another thing that um, not so much. Like shocked or horrified me, but the fact that not only the death of Jean Grey in X Men One Thirty Seven, but that she was reintroduced in Avengers Two Sixty Three and then revived the same month in Fantastic Four Two Eighty Six, because that's when she finally came back right before X Factor. Ah, uh. you know that. So that I was like, wait, now she's back. You know, um, <laughs> I also said the resurrection of Bucky, um, the Spider Man One More Day, that also just angered me, blow my mind. <laughs> And um, one of the things that also got me was Earth Two Superman be- being beaten to death by Superboy Prime and Infinite Crisis number oh, seven. Oh, that's right. Because that pissed me off to no end. That was a very unjustified and undignified end for such a great character. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for those who don't know the other Superman, I mean, you know, he was kind of like... He was an older Superman. Yeah, he, had like the, right. he was the one that had the gray hair around the ears. Right. You know? um, okay. Um, anybody else with honorable mentions? No, I already said mine. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Uh, Craven's Last Hunt. 
Oh, that yeah. was that was a, bl- a mind blowing one. Yeah, yeah just, that, just didn't see, see that it. coming, did you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story. The one thing I'll say, and I don't, I don't mean to take Joe's thunder. It's a it's a cartoon one, but they did it in comic books. Say it, Joe. Oh, the what you the death of Optimus Prime. Yes, well, I mean Marvel did it where where in the comic book they just had his head chopped off within yeah. the first couple of issues, and for a while you just had a Optimus Prime living head. But in the cartoon, they killed him off. And oh, wow. Yeah, it was a cartoon movie, killed, and they killed him off. And you were like, holy shit, they killed off Optimus Prime? And you're like, wow. he's going to come back. He's going to come back. He's dead. It's not like the movie that was done by Michael fucking, what's his name? Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> boom, smash. Boom, 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 smash. <laughs> Prime dead. No, Prime comes back in an hour. No, no, no. Prime was gone. And gone for about two seasons. Wow. Basically. Yeah. So... There you have it. Um, mind-blowing moments when we were kids and now we're adults and it still blows our mind or blows something anyway. <laughs> Geeks on the go. Not bad for your first time. And no training wheels. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know the segment. <laughs> I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek and we never make it under a minute, but we try anyway. Yeah, sure we do. No, we don't. No. We should make it two minutes. No, because then we'll be under two minutes. If we're sitting here like... Over here is it going... Awkward like like a fifth grade dance. There'll just be silence with this little ticking and then we'll hear Jack Bauer come running in. Do you need me? No. Jack Bauer, where? I'm on the show now. Big Kev all day. Geeks on the stop. Geeks on the Jack Bauer. You bozos need to sit down right now. All right, so <laughs> are you ready? Yes. All right. Oh, goodness. Ready, set, and go. According to sources, the Amazing Spider-Man franchise might talk about adding spider clones. One word to describe how you feel. Joe. Ugh, I hate time paradoxes. That's one. That's more than one word. Ralph. I was just about to ask you. <laughs> blah. Bloody blah, blah, blah. Oh, goodness. Another one. Mike. This is hyphenated. Melon armor. All right. In pre-crisis, an alternate universe had adult Dick Grayson still as Robin. Could this work in a new 52? Ralph. Fuck no. Nightwing all the way, baby. All right. All right. Joe. Nah, Batman should be a loner. I mean, he has Alfred. (laughs) Mike. Damn Skippy, and he feels sexy in those pantyhose. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like your Wolverine with or without healing factor? Joe. I like him to heal. (laughs) Ralph. Is there another flavor like a spontaneous combusting skin? Oh, Mike. <laughs> if no if no healing factor, then kill them all. Otherwise, healing factor is good. Uh, time, time's up, but we always have two questions because that's how slow we go. Um, with the Superman Hulk amateur short already made, who would Wonder Woman fight from Marvel? Mike. Squirrel Girl. I want her dead. <laughs> Otherwise, Thor. Otherwise, Thor. Okay. Joe. Uh, Hank Pym because he deserves a beating from a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph I would say Black Canary they could do it in the shower with the suds going on all over their bodies <laughs> that would be DC oh my bad sorry <laughs> go, he, he, he just got so lost in thought <laughs> alright alright then Black Widow I was gonna actually okay Black Widow I was actually gonna say uh, Ms. Marvel there you go yeah Ms. Marvel that'd be a pretty good fight and they're both sexy as hell in the shower yeah. in, in the, the shower, shower yeah <laughs> final question if you could if you could restart another Bat franchise of movies who would be your first villain Joe that's a cross between the Riddler or Clayface 
Clayface, that's very interesting. So the clitler. <laughs> the clitler? <laughs> the clitler. That'd be perfect Batman for me. <laughs> Sounds so, like my kind of villain. Sounds like your porn. Ralph. <laughs> I would have to say either the Riddler or Killer Croc. Just to scare the crap out of you, Kevin. Oh, I fucking hate Killer Croc. <laughs> Mike. I'm very decisive. I go old school. He needs to learn. It's Killer Croc. That's wow. an easy villain for him. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. I mean, easy. I don't know about easy. That's kind of, you know. Well, he's going to fight, but I mean, it's not going to be, you know, mind blowing. It's, it's going to be, there's a guy, he's going to beat the snot out of you. He's going to terrify you and you better, you know, step up your game. You're the Batman. He's going to roll with the punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better hope so if, if you want to see more comments with a minute. All right, so there you have it for another great episode. So on behalf of Mike the Finance Guy, Ralph the Tech, and Joey Bags, this is the cap saying keep it geeky. And let's remember, Squirrel Girl, watch out. Mike's coming for you. (laughs) 